Hello, and welcome to Quick Hits, the short podcast from Borealis Threat and Risk Consulting in Ottawa, Canada. I'm your host, Phil Gursky, President and CEO of Borealis, and today we're up to Quick Hits number seven. In this, in this short podcast, what I'd like to do is to discuss an issue that has been around for a very long time, and that is the role, if any, of the military in counterterrorism. So those of you who have been following me for a while know that in 2018, so a little more than a year ago, I published my fourth book with Roman Littlefield called An End to the War on Terrorism, in which I took issue with this notion that the military should be the primary vehicle or the primary tool in our fight against terrorism. And I argued, I hoped quite convincingly, that we need to stop calling this the war on terrorism. Because when you talk about things through a war lens, it first of all lends it a lot more perhaps importance and influence than it should have. And the second problem being, of course, is that when you declare wars against, in this case, a common noun like terrorism, we've seen examples, the war on drugs, the war on poverty, we realize these wars never really end. So that perhaps looking at things through a military lens is not the best way to frame this particular problem. There are many tools in the counterterrorism box one of which being security intelligence, where I worked for more than 30 years. Of course, there's law enforcement, there's community engagement, et cetera, et cetera. There's religious leaders. And I'm not convinced that looking at this primarily through a religious lens is going to get us, pardon me, through a military lens is going to get us very far. Having said that, there are two stories that came up just this week. This is the week of Christmas, 2019. Uh, one, both of which talk about the military, but in different ways. The first story was an announcement that by the Turkish president, Recep Tayyip Erdogan, who's been in a lot of news lately for a lot of things, not a, most of which have not been very good, and he has essentially come out in favor of military deployments to Libya in support of the Government of National Accord, or the GNA. Of course, Libya has been a country that's been beset by many problems since the fall of Gaddafi many years ago. He, of course, was taken out in a joint military operation. And the country has been a hellhole ever since. There are disparate groups fighting for power. Some are jihadi, some are military. A lot of human rights atrocities in the country. And I'm not so sure that Turkey adding its military forces to the mix is going to do anything much to, to, to save the situation. And yet here's Erdogan deciding that this is something he wants to do. I would argue in keeping with his character, this is the kind of guy he is. Anyhow, we'll see what happens with this. The other story, which is also military related, which I found quite fascinating was a story that came out in the uh, Kenyan press of all places. I think it saw, I saw it elsewhere. And this is that the United States is considering pulling out its military troops from West Africa. This is interesting because the Americans have been there for quite some time. We all know that there is a significant uh, terrorist menace to West Africa and the Sahel, that part of the Sahara, just you know, part of Africa just below the Sahara Desert. We also know that the United States has been helping the, the French, who've been carrying the lion's share of the load in terms of counterterrorism action in North Africa, in the Sahel, for quite quite some time now. And it looks like the Pentagon is considering actually removing uh, U.S. support um, from the French and from the local forces. So there's a group called the G5, which the French is working with. Those are local countries in the area trying to boost their counterterrorism capacities, largely through through military. What I think these two stories both point to, though, is this notion that in 2019, so almost two decades after we, or not we, uh, some people 
uh, labeled this the war on terrorism, we're still seeing this primarily as a nail and we're seeing the military as the hammer. And I don't think this is the best way to look at this particular problem. I'm not saying that there isn't a role for the military. I think it has to be circumscribed. I have stated, in fact, when I, when I wrote the book, The War, End of the War on Terrorism, I went into quite some detail as to the different forms of military action that can be taken against terrorist groups. And I did agree that special forces operations like the one that killed Osama bin Laden in May of, of 2011 is a really good idea. There's also a, a drone strike that killed Amal al-Awlaki in the same year, later that year in 2011. Drone strikes are not so great because they also kill civilians, but I think in the case of special forces where you identify a high-profile terrorist, you get in, you kill them, you get out. No must, no fuss, no traces, you don't hang around. You don't, in a, in, in, you don't create the conditions under which there could be more terrorism to follow because once you have military forces on the ground, whether it's an occupation or not, you breed the kinds of grievances that can lead, in fact, to creating more terrorism, which is counter to your program of creating less terrorism. So the fact that the U.S. military is considering getting out of North Africa, which I think is completely consistent with President Trump's threats over the years to reduce the U.S. footprint abroad in a number of, of areas, I think he sees it mostly as a cost-saving measure, or who, who knows what Donald Trump thinks and why he thinks it. And you contrast that with Erdogan's desire to increase Turkish military presence in Libya. And by the way, Turkey if Turkey does go to Libya, they will not be the only country meddling there. The Emiratis are there, the Saudis are there, a lot of different countries are, are sending forces. The Russians are there as well, all contributing to the hellhole that, as I said, that is Libya. If Erdogan's promise to do so actually it becomes manifest, it certainly points to a, a more robust, a more virile Turkish foreign policy in the, in the area, which I think is what Erdogan wants. But at the same time, He's going down that road of sending foreign soldiers into a conflict where Turkey really has no dog in that fight. It's not quite sure what effect they'll have, of, if of any, in, in, in fight, fighting with the GNA, whether we can actually bring some kind of stability to Libya. So at the end of the day, the question still remains, why is it we see counterterrorism largely through a military lens? And I, I don't understand why. It hasn't worked. It's failed miserably in Iraq. It's failed miserably in Afghanistan. A lot of people are questioning, you know, the 20 year campaign by the United States, by Canada, by a lot of NATO allies in painting the Afghan intervention as a success. I've, seen, I've read a lot of stories recently by Canadian government official, Canadian ambassador to Afghanistan, pointing to all the successes in Afghanistan, like girls going to school and canals being built, et cetera, et cetera. But it seems to me that these, yes, these are good things. It's, it's always a good thing when you can cr try to create at least the vestiges or the the beginnings, the, the embryo of a stable society. But I don't think anybody who is, is looking at this thing honestly can say that what has happened in Afghanistan since 2001 has led to the creation of a stable country, one that is free of violence and one that, more importantly, is free of terrorist groups. In fact, you know, Al-Qaeda is still in Afghanistan. Islamic State has an affiliate in Khorasan, one of the most, most lethal Islamic State affiliates. And that all has arisen since the occupation of Afghanistan in 2001. I just want to put it out there. I really don't think that countries should be seeing this uh, largely as a problem which the military can fix. Uh, as I noted, if the military is to be used, it should be a very quick in and out operation whereby you do not kill civilians. You don't take on so-called, uh, you know, these other casualties, incidental casualties, as they refer to the collateral damage. And you don't remain. 
you don't, you don't belong there, you're not gonna be welcome in a long, over a long period of time, you're gonna create more problems than you actually solve. I don't think anybody's listening. I think that we're gonna see more military interventions in, in the so-called war on terrorism going forward. I wish it, I could say that it's gonna stop. Maybe this American decision to leave the Sahel in North Africa will have some kind of impact. I guess we'll have to wait and see. So that's it for Crickets number seven. Love to hear what you think about it. Please leave your feedback on the variety of platforms where you can find Borealis. You can reach me on Gmail at borealisrisk at gmail.com. You can reach me also on LinkedIn, on Twitter at Borealis Saves, on Facebook, or on the various platforms where these podcasts are being distributed. Also, if you want to subscribe, there's go to my webpage, www.borealisthreatenrest.com. You can subscribe to all the content of Borealis. Leave your comments, leave your suggestions. I'd love to hear from you. I'll talk to you again soon. Until then, stay safe.